Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. When I think back about, you know, you look back at those mile markers of life or who are those people that walked alongside of you or those influential years who really had an impact. George is definitely at the top of my list as one of those guys. So I owe, um, you know, a lot to him for my spiritual walk and I appreciate that. But um, George is a pastor of uh, the Shoreline Church in San Clemente and out of the Shoreline Church was birthed branches. And so I thought, Boog and I were talking about, hey, it's a cool opportunity to actually hear it from the horse's mouth, as they say. And, uh, like you know, since you're I've been horse. called old and a horse so far. So, so far. I like yeah. it. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I like that. You're welcome. So I, the basic question, I mean, the overall question is, <laughs> from your perspective, yes. how did branches kind of get its, get its beginnings? So can you guys hear me okay? Is this working good? Okay. Well, um, First of all, it's nice to be with you this morning. If, I probably haven't met at least half of you guys, so I'm looking forward to meeting you at some point and, and all that. So how did Branches get its start? Boogie and I knew each other. My wife Cheryl's here this morning. She and I knew Boog and Steph all the way back into youth ministry days in kind of mid-1990s, and they were doing Young Life, and we were doing a, a youth ministry, and Jeremy was the worship leader in my youth ministry, and um, that's how we knew each other and all that. So when you say, how did branches get started? It really got started out of relationship between Cheryl and I and Boog and Steph. And Boog and Steph helped start Shoreline. And I just asked him, is there any chance you would ever plant a church? And he said, if God called, I would do it. And so we just kept our eye on that. And sometime around 2006, it just seemed like the right time. Shoreline was kind of stabilizing and all that kind of stuff. Boog still had it in his heart. Steph was willing. We prayed. We sat in their living room. We prayed and prayed and prayed. And I remember Boogie's words were really careful. He just said, look, if Shoreline wants to plant a church, I'll give leadership to it. But I'm not anxious to launch out and go do something on my own. But if God's calling and you guys are behind this, I'll do it. I'll, I'll give leadership to it. And so that was the beginnings of it in and, and, uh, 2008 branches got started yeah because typically what happens is there's a fight yeah someone disagrees and the yeah. church splits yeah and th- there's no more relationship yeah but you and Boog are buds yeah Those... no there, there's never ever been a fight between Boog and I <laughs> in fact he and I is that the perception though like typically, typically we should be married to each other because we never fight it's wonderful <laughs> But Boog and I share a lot of values together, just good friends. I think some of the values that he and I shared that, that made that a possibility was that we weren't, neither of us was um, zealous for who or what gets credit, you know, whether that was an, the name of the church or whatever, other than Jesus. Jesus, this is Jesus, he started it, it's his church, he's building it, he's the one who died on the cross for our sins and, and rose again and sends his, it's his Holy Spirit that lives in us, so none of us is doing, you know, what we're, we're just being faithful to what he's doing in our life. So Boog and I saw that, and we just weren't zealous for who got the credit or who didn't get credit or whatever. We just said, let's just bring honor to the Lord in what we say and what we do. So we just, listening is a big deal. We pray together a lot. You guys do that here. I've, I've listened to a few podcasts. BZ and Margo, I heard your story. That was killer. Um, but I've been listening to what you guys are doing, just listening to the Lord and then responding. I mean, it's really that simple. What's the Lord telling me? And that's how simply the church plant here at Branches came about is just the Lord just said it's time and we said, okay, let's do it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's give him a hand. All right. 
Okay, I'm going to preach from down here. Is that okay? I think I can see most. Can you guys hear in the back all right and all that? One service. This is kind of fun. <laughs> so if it was two services, would it be half this full? Was it split evenly before? Kind of? Yeah, sort of. It's kind of fun. Are you guys enjoying being all together in one place, seeing each other's faces and all that? And then there's people out there, right, in kids' ministry. And Is there a student ministries going on this morning, too, or no? Are, are you in here high schoolers? No. They're outside. High schoolers and middle schoolers and all that are all outside. Okay, well, I thought I'd start this morning by quizzing you about your own church. So I pulled this off the website. So this is helping me get caught up to branches. So let me put this up here. Let's see if we can get that up there. John, can we? Yes, thank you. So this is me getting caught up to branches. So I went on to branchesoc.com, frequently asked questions. So this is your chance to fill in the blank. And it doesn't matter who you are. You can shout it out from the back. I don't care. But um, so we're a group of very blank people, and we need his forgiveness, grace, and blank. So we're a group of very what kind of people? Is this, is this hideous people? Um, <laughs> sinful people. We're, we're a group of very awesome people. Thank you. Let's go positive on this. Okay. So we're a group of very blank people and we need his forgiveness, grace, and so on. So what is it? Okay, broken. Nobody has said it yet. So um, welcome to Branches. We're glad that you're here. I know it's your first time. Okay. Uh, imperfect, imperfect is the word that goes in there. I don't know, John, if you can type in that or not, but if you could, we are a group of very imperfect people. That's the word that's in there on your own website. We need his forgiveness, grace, and love, mercy. What's the word that goes in that next blank? There's, it's not, okay, I'll tell you right now, it's not love or mercy. We need his forgiveness, grace, and Somebody nearly said it. Somebody said power. We need his forgiveness, grace, and empowerment is the word that has been used there. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning, which is one of the reasons why I chose this excerpt. But we need his forgiveness, his grace, and we need his empowerment to be the people he needs us to be. We need to be consistently around others who blank the same thing. Desire, live out, believe. Believe. Believe is the word. So we need to be, so notice the word consistently, and that's a big deal for this summer, for what the the leadership has determined for the summer. You have like summer handouts today about what's going on. That's the next big project for branches. So if you're thinking, I want to get involved here or whatever, summer project is going to be a big deal. But consistently, we want you to consistently be around others who believe the same thing. And before that, it talked about Jesus and all that Jesus has done for us and all that. So We believe that God made us to blank and blank for each other and the world around us. Blank and blank. Love and care care is one possibility. I tried to scratch and sniff. That didn't work at all. (laughs) Surf and paddle. We believe that God made us to surf and paddle for each other and the world around us. Keywords that are in there that get to the heart of who this church is. We believe that God made us, as a group of people, to serve and sacrifice. You know that? Serve and sacrifice for each other and the world around us. That's at the heart of who Branches is as a church. Imperfect people needing to be empowered to go out to do the same thing consistently together. So we need the Holy Spirit in us to do this work 
And what we want to do is we want to go out and serve and sacrifice for each other as a church and then for the world that's out there as well. Dana Point, um, San Juan Capistrano, San Clemente, wherever the Lord takes us as a church. But we want, to, we want to go out from here with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So that's who you guys are as a church. That was really helpful uh, for me to look that over and just be reminded of who you are and what the core calling of this church is. And we talked about it so much back in 2008, but it was really fun for me to revisit that. So this morning, if you have a Bible and you can open it to the book of Exodus, that's where we're going to go. And I've titled this morning's message, More Than Enough to Finish the Work. More Than Enough to Finish the Work. This is a phrase that's going to come out of Exodus. You can put a finger in Exodus chapter 35. Um, Do you guys have Bibles to hand out? Okay, so if you want a Bible, let them know. Borrow one. Thank you. Okay, so more than enough to finish the work. Now, this is going to refer in Exodus to the tabernacle. That's what you're going to see. But to you guys as a church, too, I want to talk to you as a church that you guys have more than enough to finish the work that God's called branches to do. So we're going to make an analogy between the tabernacle and the work that God did there and branches and what God's doing here. That's the basic idea of what we're going to be looking at this morning. So my name's George Hulse. I have three kids. My oldest is 20. I'm married to Cheryl, who's here. My youngest is here, Brooklyn. She's a junior at San Clemente. And then we have a senior son at San Clemente as well. So we planted the Shoreline Church 15 years ago. And out of that and with Boogie and Stephanie and all that came branches. And then today... Um, it feels like a really special time for me, really. I, I honestly feel, in, in kind of fun sort of ways in my heart, the joy of seeing what you guys are doing here and just saying, man, the Lord said he was going to do something good, and he's doing it. That's what it feels like. It just feels like you're, you're watching a promise of God lived out as you guys gather this morning. That's honestly what it feels like as you guys are here this morning. So I truly believe that if I could encourage you, I, say, I would say to you, you've stepped into something that the Holy Spirit called you to step into for purposes that God has in in 2015 and beyond. You're here on God's call for God's work. Each of you is here. Maybe you're just visiting. You're like, no, I'm not. Man, I'm I'm barely getting into this. No, you heard from the Holy Spirit that brought you here this morning. This is an important time for you to be here this morning. And I really feel like this is a work of God, and he's drawing your heart into that work. And I want to encourage you in that call this morning. So in Exodus 35, what we're going to look at is the tabernacle. That God gave for the, the work of the tabernacle, gifted people to build it, and then gifts from the people that were the material supply to build it. Gifted people themselves, God gave them to build the tabernacle, and then gifts from the people. And Branches has those same exact two resources. You who believe in Jesus Christ have been given the Holy Spirit, and the Bible tells me and you that you're given a gift, at least one gift and and likely more gifts, but that you are a gifted person by your faith in Jesus Christ, and you've now been given to branches to do the work, and then you have resources under your decision-making. So you have a paycheck, you have a house, you have a boat, you have boards, you have, um, you know, go on and on, you have bikes, you, you, you have resources Now, those resources that you have, those become branches' resources when you release them to the leadership of branches to use for the purposes of this work of God. So if you haven't released those resources, branches doesn't have them, which might mean God's calling you to release resources to the work that he's doing here at branches, but you would have to decide that. 
So God took his kingdom resources and he put them in the back pocket of kingdom people. And then he calls you, listen to me, respond and release those gifts and those resources to do the work that I've called you to do. That's, that's what God does when he's doing an important work. So one of the things that he's given to branches that I think is important is gifted people. You are filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has given you gifts. Now, how many of you would say you've been in and around church for more than five years? Not maybe this church, but in and around church for maybe more than five years. Okay, a lot of you guys. So being filled with the Holy Spirit, if I say to you, um, the purpose of, uh, we, how would you know a group of people is really filled with the Holy Spirit? Describe a church that's super filled with the Holy Spirit. What, what is the kinds of things that come to your mind? Things you've seen or heard or whatever. Yeah. Power. Okay. Some other? Worship. What did you say, Brian? Healing. Okay. Love. Giving. Generous spirit. All that. What's that? Time? Yeah. Like spending time together and giving their time and all that? Serving, all that kind of stuff. I have, I've wrestled with this, to be honest with you guys, my whole life. Because people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, typically to me, um, are, I thought, I used to think they were slightly different than me. I used to think because they were, I used to think being filled with the Holy Spirit would have to make you more emotional. You'd have to be more emotional. And I thought for sure being filled with the Holy Spirit meant you were more bold, that you were, that you were super outgoing. I, I thought for sure being, moved, or being filled with the Holy Spirit meant you went with the flow. You never planned. You didn't keep a really tight calendar or whatever. You were just like, I'm moved by the Spirit, man. <laughs> filled with and moved by the Spirit. I don't make plans and I just cruise because I'm filled with the Spirit. That's what I used to think it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I no longer believe that after a lot of Bible study. I believe this is the best definition of being filled with the Holy Spirit that I have ever come across, and I believe it's true to what the Scriptures teach about being filled with the Holy Spirit. This was written by a a commentator named D.K. Stewart, and this is what he said. Being filled with the Spirit is a biblical idiom. That means a way of talking. It means you can't get the exact definition from filled with the Spirit. It means it came to mean something, and here's what he says it came to mean. Being filled with the Spirit is a biblical idiom, meaning having from God... The ability to do or say exactly what God wants done or said. That has rung true in my life, according to the scriptures, more than any other definition of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is when the people of God are saying and doing the exact thing that God wants said and done. So it's active. It is planning. It is leadership. It is hard work. It is putting yourself out there. It's opening a home. It's fixing something. It's building something. It's caring for someone. It's making a meal. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is teaching. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is giving and loving and serving and all of those things. But it's saying and doing exactly what you know God wants said or done. So that's when you read your Bible and go, oh, the Bible tells me this. I need to do that. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are empowered to do the thing that God wants done or said in that moment. 
it sometimes comes with emotional experiences and sometimes comes with gifts that are, that are, that are really fun and exciting and, and healing. I mean, how cool is that, that, that someone would be healed here this morning? That would be awesome. We pray for that. We would welcome that. We love that. But it doesn't just look like necessarily healings or prophecies or, or even isms that people can fall into, ecstatic experiences or, or everyone falling down or everyone humming at a certain thing. Every day. And we have all these things. Our gold dust is going to fall from the ceiling. We get all this stuff and we go, oh, being filled with the Holy Spirit means all of that. Essentially, what being filled with the Holy Spirit means is the people of God filled with His Spirit saying and doing exactly what God wants said and done. Taking care of kids, being filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, Worshiping Him this morning. Having exactly. So here's what I want to say. Branches Church has exactly what it needs to say and do exactly what God wants said and done in and through Branches Church. The reason I say that is because sometimes we think if we only had, we kind of live in like, what, what if we had, or what if we could get to, or what about a building, or what about, you know, more this, or more that, or bigger staff, or all. I want to say to you this morning, Branches Church has exactly what it needs to say and do exactly what God has called it to say and do this summer. This summer. God put this summer in front of you guys. You have a specific plans. There's cars that they're talking about this morning, but it has what it needs. So number one, it has you. But if you haven't released you to Branches Church, it doesn't have you, but it has you because you're here. Gifted people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, it has valuables. Branches Church has resources, um, time, talent, money, abilities, artistic uh, abilities, and some of you teaching. It has valuable resources that are under your stewardship released for the work. And many of you have released vast amounts of both who you are and what you have to Branches because you believe God's involved in it, it's a work of God, and you want to do a work of God. You want your life to count for something important for God. So you've released yourself and your valuables. Those that haven't, I want to say to you, come on in. Release who you are and what it is that you have in ways that would contribute to the work that God's doing in and through Branches Church. So, Exodus. Exodus chapter 35. Let me just catch you up to Exodus real quick. Um, you probably don't need a lot of background to get caught up to Exodus. So I'm going to hit this in like 30 seconds here. You remember when God said, let my people go, right? Pharaoh, the whole deal, let my people go. But he also said, so that they may come and worship me. The end product of letting God's people go from Egyptian slavery was to bring them into a worship relationship with God. Let my people go so that they may come and worship me. That was the beginning of it. So God gave 10 plagues over Egypt. Do you remember what the 10th was of those plagues? It was the worst of all. The 10th plague was what? Not frogs, not... It was the death of the firstborn. So all the firstborn in the land of Egypt were put to death except who didn't die and why. What was that? Okay, so it was the Passover and the blood of the lamb that was slain in the doorpost and then they put that blood over the doorpost of the house and the death angel passed over any house that had the blood of the lamb. So the substitutionary lamb died, shed its blood and the death angel passed over. That was the 10th plague. So God redeemed his people by the blood of the lamb and called them to himself to come and worship him. Then when he called them to worship him, he led them to Mount Sinai. Does anybody know what God gave on Mount Sinai? It's famous. The Ten Commandments and on two stone tablets were given on Mount Sinai. So one of the first things on God's heart when the people were redeemed was learn to obey me. 
Let's learn how this relationship works. With me at the helm as God, you need to become obedient people. So, so learn to obey me. Now, as the people learned to obey him, he led them through that time, and then he brought them to himself to worship him, and that's where we are. That's the tabernacle. So the tabernacle, see these tent things that are hanging up here? The tabernacle was a giant tent that moved with them out in the wilderness as they went out through uh, for 40 years in the wilderness. They had to build the tabernacle, and God told them exactly how to build it. The temple eventually became... When they settled in the land, the tabernacle turned into the temple. So this is the place where God meets with his people for worship. That's what we're reading here in Exodus. God is now telling them that he wants to be with them. He said it like this, actually. He said, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I, here's the purpose, so I can live among them. So I can live among them. So here's just the background. God always wants to live with his people, and then we'll read the passage. Here... Look how God wants to live with his people. In the Garden of Eden, he walked with Adam and Eve, and he wanted to walk with them. Then in Exodus, he builds a tabernacle. Then in 1 Kings, he builds the temple. And then in the New Testament, where you and I are living, God became flesh. When he wanted to be with us, Jesus took on flesh. Then, when Jesus went to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us, and we now are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body, personally, individually, is called the temple of the Holy Spirit. And all of us gathered together as believers in Jesus Christ are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. So both individually and corporately, believers are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is how God lives with us. This is a really important gathering. This is way different than an HOA meeting or or any other group of people where you sat in seats like this. This is way different. This is the Holy Spirit filling this place for God's purposes. This is radical. Church is radical. I don't think you should miss church. Personally, I think you should make it the rhythm of your life that every single Sunday you do everything that you can within your family, within your house, within your leadership to make church a high priority and say, we're going we're gonna to get there because this is part of the rhythm of how we worship and love God. We get together as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, we go to temple, gather with other believers. Um, We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we go and gather with the temple of the Holy Spirit. Church is important to us in our family. And then lastly, we're told in Revelation that um, the temple will be in heaven, and there'll be no need for a temple because the Father and the Son will be the temple at the center and the light. So God has always wanted to dwell with his people, the tabernacle. Now, if you'll look at it, I want to show you two things. Exodus chapter 35, starting at verse 30. First thing that God gives is gifted people. You might not be familiar with these names, but they are wonderful men, Bezalel and Oholiab. Two guys, gifted people that God gave. So let's read it, uh, starting at verse 30. I read from New Living, so hopefully I don't throw you off there, but here it goes. Then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel, with the Spirit of God. That should catch our attention because we're talking today about Spirit-filled people do and say. They have the ability to do and say exactly what God wants done and said. So the Lord filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Why, why did the Spirit of God make Bezalel such a craftsman? Verse 32, he is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. 
He's a master at every craft. Verse 34, And the Lord has given both him and Oholiab, son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. Okay, stop right there for just a minute. Two really gifted guys, and they have two major gifts that are given to them. First of all, we're told that they were already known as master craftsmen. Secondly, then, we're told that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, their master craftsmanship became what God wanted it to be to do what God wanted done. So let's just apply that in this audience right here. And I'm not going to make you do any work or whatever, but I would like to know because uh, let me go first. If you need a curtain rod hung in your home, do not call me. Let's just make that really clear. I am, I, am, I am the opposite of a master craftsman with gifts and skills. We went on a mission trip one time, and we were going to do all of this building stuff, and I didn't have any tools. So um, I, I went and, well, I had some tools because my father-in-law has given me some tools. But I did, so I, I got this bag of tools that was so brand new that when I showed up on the mission trip, I had new clothing and new tools, and I just looked like a kid at, like, at kindergarten, like, I'm here for the work kind of thing. I have no idea what I can do. And they literally ridiculed me and laughed at me. And they were like, look at you kind of deal. I, I'm not a, how many of you guys, though, that are here this morning, guys or gals, would self-identify that I am good at building things? I, I'm, I'm pretty good at building things. I can put Ikea furniture together without the instructions, okay? I, I, can, I, can, I can hammer, I can screwdriver, that kind of thing. I, I have some gifts and skills with that. Is there, is there any of you guys that would self-identify as a master craftsman? It's what I do. It's, I went into it as a profession. I mean, your hand should go in the air, yeah. Um, some of you other guys, too. I think Papa Nick, man, I've seen him work on stuff before. Like, yeah, some, some of you guys are amazing master craftsmen. Be- that was Bezalel. So he was born with a gift, but then when the Spirit of God came upon him, that gift was enhanced and brought to usefulness for God's purposes. So the Holy Spirit gave him an enhanced ability to do and say what God, exactly what God wanted done and said. That would be like you guys as master craftsmen coming to Boogie or Greg or Kyle or somebody on the leadership staff, and you guys saying, is there anything that Branches needs built this summer that I could help build? That's what we're talking about. Okay, so they had gifted people, and then the second thing, these guys knew how to teach others as well. Did you notice that? They were teaching others the same skills. Gifted people. Branches has gifted people. Okay, secondly, they had gifts from people. Go back to our passage. Chapter 36, verses 1 through 7. Now the Lord has gifted Bezalel, Oholiab, and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Okay, look at that. The Holy Spirit has given them these abilities. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded to do and say exactly what God wants said and done. Verse 2. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab and the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and, notice this, they were eager to get to work. 
So first thing, they had gift, gifted people, and these people now have an eagerness to work on the project of God. Verse 3, Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. So the materials to build it came from the people. Remember, the resources of God for branches are in your back pocket or in your hands or under, they're under your stewardship. You have to release them if they're going to be released here. So the people, they released them. Moses gave the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Verse 4, finally the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work and they went to Moses and they reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job that the Lord has commanded us to do. Verse 6, so Moses gave the command and this message was sent throughout the whole camp of Israel. Men and women, stop. Don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Moses did not have emoticons, but I think if he did, do we have a, a smiley face that we can put up there? Is it there? Uh, he would have had, we have more than enough, and then he would have had a smiley face right after that. We have more than enough. So stoked. Or he would have given a fist pump little emoticon. I love that one. Or like this. We have more than enough. Or the guy with the mustache, the, like, the hipster guy. We got more than enough. Like, I'm Moses. I'm so stoked. Or prayer or whatever it is, you know. He, he would have thrown some of those in there because that's what he's saying. You guys, you guys have gone off, man. This project that we wanted to do this summer that we were asking the Lord about doing this summer, you guys are stepping up yourselves and you've given more than we've needed for the project. Don't give any more. Save it for the next project or whatever it might be, because we're super stoked and super excited. So gifted people and gifts from the people. That's what they had to build the tabernacle, and they got it done. Moses finished the work that God had called him to do just as the Lord commanded. So what is Branches doing for God? So you guys, we looked at this. We, we said, okay, they were building a building, and to tell you the truth, it's pretty easy, because I think if I said to all of you guys today, hey, let's build a, a dollhouse in the middle of this room and have lunch together. Who can help with lunch, and who can help with building the dollhouse and getting the supplies and all that? And, and who, who can be at leadership of the project? And we ask for five leaders, and you guys go, I'll run to Lowe's, and I'll, I'll go in the kitchen, and I would, it'd be pretty simple. And we said, hey, we got four hours, let's do it, let's build a dollhouse right here in the morning. And probably within four hours, we could build a pretty killer dollhouse right in the middle of this room and have lunch, don't you think? Right? And how would we do that? Well, you guys would all step up. People would go buy things. Hey, let me give some money for lunch. Let me help out with that. And the whole project would come together and it'd be this giant teamwork and everybody would hang around and all the kids would love it and play on it four hours from now because we all said, let's build it. But if I come and say, hey, Branches, let's build a church for the unchurched. Okay. Who's ready? It, it's a little bit confusing. Because it's not, it's not tangible. There's not a building in the middle of this room that we're going to build here. Now all of a sudden it gets a little bit fuzzy in my mind because I'm not exactly sure. Are you asking me to run to Lowe's? What are you asking me to do when you say let's build a church for the unchurched? Well, as far as I know, we're not trying to build a building here at Branches this summer. We're trying to do something differently. And in fact, now God's dwelling is in people and so God isn't necessarily as concerned about the building or the facility. That's a reflection as we meet together. But the main thing is people. 
people in whom the Holy Spirit lives and people in whom the Holy Spirit hasn't yet come to live. They're not yet believers. So we're trying to get the people who aren't yet believers to hear about Jesus and want to follow him and be empowered with the Holy Spirit for what they need. And you and I are trying to live in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do what he's called us to do. So we're not trying to build a building. We're trying to build up people. We're trying to encourage one another. So is the Holy Spirit filling us then with the ability to do and say what God has called us to do and say here? Yes, He is. Do the gifts look slightly differently than maybe they did in the Old Testament? Slightly, yes. There's still a need for craftsmanship. There's still a need for artistry. There's still a need for beautification and working on physical structures. God is still doing that in the midst of all this. He is also building up people. He wants you personally to have your faith built up. And how's that going to happen? The gifted people around you are going to build into you with words and deeds, saying and doing exactly as the Spirit of God leads them to say and do into your life. They're going to pray for you. They're going to teach you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to serve you. They're going to ask you how you're doing. They're going to care for you. They're going to pray for, for healing. If perhaps God wants to do a healing miracle, they're going to pray that you would learn and grow and know what love is. They're going to pray and, that you would become a friend and family here at Branches. They're going to build you up in your faith, and you're going to do the same for others. And in that, we're going to build branches into a church for the unchurched. That's what we're going to do. So here's my, my condensed and simplified view. What's Branches doing for God? Now, I, I looked over the whole website, looked over all your stuff, and I, I just, this is my phrase, okay? So this isn't coming from leaders, so forgive me if this is way off, but um, I did notice your sign outside says something like this too, that Branches is building a church for the unchurched, some, something like that. Go with me on this for just a minute, which has two major chunks, building a church, that's a group of people filled with the Holy Spirit, for the unchurched, that's the people that don't yet know how great it is to be part of a family that's following Jesus together. So Branches really, really, really wants to be a church that doesn't grow from people transferring from churches that are dying around it. So, oh, there's trouble at XYZ Church, and so half that congregation wants to come to Branches, and Branches goes, that's not who we are, that's not what we're interested in, because we want the unchurched. So we want you guys as people to have the gifts and skills needed to go find people who don't believe in Jesus and don't go to church, but who might be open to it. So I, I put you guys in two broad categories. And, and A and B is not in order, but just there's some of you guys that go out and get them, and I'm calling you guys bringers, and there's some of you guys that are build them up in love, and you're the builders. Some of you guys have the ability from God to do and say things that goes out to talk to people who are not yet, they don't have faith in Jesus, and they don't yet go to church, and you're connected to those people at work, in, in your neighborhood, on your cul-de-sac, in your apartment building, um, you're, you're not afraid to talk to people. You're a believer, and you love talking to people who aren't believers. You're not put off by that. Cheryl and I sat with a group of people last night, and, and we had an extended time over... The, last night was prom in San Clemente, and so we just sat at a table, and we tried to hide as best we could that we were a pastor and wife, because as soon as you say that, everybody's conversation gets all filtered and everything, and just don't say anything. So we just kept saying nice things like, oh yeah, our family this, and yeah, my kids that, and whatever. We just tried so hard not to say anything, and it was good. They didn't bite. I'm not sure if any of them knew or not. So they talked really openly. There was a lot of swearing, which was good. We were stoked. There was a lot of, um, 
there was a lot of religious stuff that was said that was funky and fun, and um, there, was, there was actually a religious argument between an Italian Catholic and a Jewish woman who were arguing with each other at the table and asking us what we thought, not knowing that we were past. I was like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we, so we, did, we didn't even bite on any of that. But it was, it was life-giving to hear people being real with one another. Some of you guys, you enjoy that, getting out there and being with people who don't yet believe and then engaging them and bringing them in. So I'm calling you guys bringers, and I'm calling the others of you guys who don't enjoy that. I would much rather go teach the, the kids in Sunday school or, or kids' ministry or whatever that is. I, I'd, rather be, I'd rather be in the kitchen... I, you know, helping make a meal or something like that. I'd, I'd kind of rather be back with the stuff working on the inner workings of how to love the people once they're brought in. So let me just ask you now. So I, I wish there was more categories, but if you had only these two categories to choose from, how many of you would self-identify as bringers? I'm probably more comfortable going out and engaging with the world uh, out, that's out there. How many, just put your hand up if, if roughly out of these two categories... That's good, because actually this summer at Branches has a lot to do with you guys who put your hands in the air. This summer, um, one of the, the projects that, that Boog and the others have determined is a, a really important emphasis for Branches is to go out of these walls this summer and to get people into gatherings. Things that they would go to where they might not want to come to Sunday Unity Gathering this morning, what you might call church, they're not quite ready for that, but they'd be open to a group of nice people talking about following Jesus together. Summer at Branches, the project that's ahead of you guys to build is a summer of going out and reaching people. So you'll be really important. And then the others of you, how many would you say? I'm I'm probably more of a builder. I'm probably most comfortable maybe helping back here at church in some way, shape, or form. Okay, that's good. That's good because obviously if you're going to build a church for the unchurched, you got to have both of those things going, right? Somebody's got to be back here making this place a warm, loving, inviting, friendly, family-type place, and then somebody's got to also be kind of leading the charge to getting us out and all of that, and we got to bring those two things together. Those are the two biggest ideas that I've been able to identify here um, at Branches. Okay, we're, we're getting close to our time to wind things up. So let me ask you four questions now. You gifted people. You who believe in Jesus Christ, you gifted people. Let me ask you four questions. Number one, this is, this is a biggie. Do you believe, your belief personally, that you are here at Branches on purpose, in fact, by God's purpose, that you've been brought to this place because the Holy Spirit of God called you to this place? Do you believe that that's why you're here? Or do you believe this was human choice, kind of accidental, I don't know what I'm doing here, and I, I wouldn't say there's any purpose for me being here? So number one, just settle that in your mind. Now, if you answer that, I do believe that I'm here on purpose that God brought me to this place. That's super important for you to nail that down in your heart. Number two, do you believe that you've been given abilities to contribute to what God wants done and said at branches? In other words, I might have asked you when I first got here, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And you might have gone, I know what you're asking. You know, do I have the gifts of miracles? And do I, does gold fall in my house? And you know, am I ecstatic or whatever? Now you know that I'm asking something very specific. Do you have the ability to contribute to doing and saying what branches needs said and done? Because if you're called here on purpose, I believe that you do have that. You do have those abilities. Um, Number three, do you see your temperament, your life experiences, your skills and your passions? Bezalel was a master craftsman. He brought that to the Lord and he built the tabernacle exactly as God wanted it built. 
Do you see your background, your life experience, your passions, your skills as being important to God's work here? This is a huge one. Because I think many of you would answer that question and go, no, I'm good at the public school, but not at church. I'm good at my, my warehouse, but I'm not good here. I'm good at sales, but I don't know what that has to do with Jesus or the gospel. Some of us have a real hang-up with this. And I would say God has shaped and crafted. And get, you know, some of you are really good at history and language arts. And some of you are incredible at math and science. Remember in high school where you did good in these and not in those? And you were like, I hate going to that club, but I love going to that. Those are gifts and skills. Those are temperaments. Those are abilities. Those are natural inclinations. What would it look like for God to take your love of history and strengthen that to build up branches as your church? How could you do that? What would that look like this summer? What would you read? Who would you meet with? What group would you join? What life group or home group or small group would you start? Why would you ask Boogie, would you say, can I start a a study this summer through church history? Because I just love it. What would that look like for you to come to the leadership and say, what could my love or my gifts or my skills do for branches so that God does what, what he wants to say and do here this summer? Number four, last one, what moves you deeply? What do you love to do? How would you answer that, honey? My baby loves surfing. She loves it. She wants to be out there all the time. What moves you deeply? What do you love to do? What are you good at? What do you love, or who do you love to spend time with? So this is like getting in that desire level and heart. Have you ever recognized and realized that those are the very people that God wants you to do something about, say and do something with the gifts of the Holy Spirit? The people that you love, the things that you love, um, the things that you're good at, he wants to use those very things. Um, Seth is preaching back at Shoreline this morning. He had this in his notes, and I loved it. Check it out. He said, God is the author of your life, and he longs for you to understand how he has uniquely made you so that you can offer him your creative best. I love that. Your creative best is what God is after. And so uh, I just want to wind this down and kind of nail it down here. It's going to take a long time for branches to finish the work that God has called branches to do. It's going to take a really long time. And sometimes when things are in the long run, it's hard to see what's happening in the moment. So what happens is churches get work done by doing projects. And typically it's the next project that is in front of you guys. And branches has a project in front of it. I'm just calling it summer. But when I talk to Kim, when I talk to Jaron Hoku, when I talk to Greg, when I talk to some of the folks that give leadership here, I said, what's out in front of you guys? They said, the thing that's in front of us really is summer. And getting branches out and into groups this summer where we can engage people that are out there um, that wouldn't necessarily come in here. We want a summer of going out. And we're finding ways to do that, whether it's biking or gathering or picnics or whatever that kind of thing is. I would ask you, in what way do you have gifts or abilities? Could, do you have a home? Could you open that home? Do, do you have a love that you can invite others to come and do? You know, whether it's biking or surfing or paddling. Is there some way that you could use your loves or your gifts or your skills or your abilities to pray for or gather people or to build them up so you don't leave them out in the world by themselves, but you call them in? Because they were unchurched. But now they need to know that the church loves them and the people who are filled with the Spirit of God love them. And so I got to invite, I got to bring in, I got to strengthen, I got to have a mind that says there's a work of God at branches being done and I'm called to be a part of it. 
Don't just launch out. Bring it to one of your leaders and ask them. Bring it to them and say, I would like to help this summer, and I have this ability. Is there any way that ability could be used at branches? That's as simple as it is. Start the conversation like that and see where God takes it. See where God takes it. I, th- I think this is super cool. What if this was true at branches? What if this exact testimony was the one that went down in heaven? Listen to this, Exodus 36.5. It's straight out of the Bible. This is a quote from Exodus 36.5. The people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. Who gave? How much did they give? And why did they give it? They believed that this is what God told them to do, and they moved under the commandment of God to get it done. Have you ever considered that branches is a work of God, commanded by him, and you are a part of it? That's an invitation. That's an invitation from God, from the Holy Spirit, to do something eternal with your life, gifts, skills, and abilities. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning from Exodus, Lord. Thank you for its clarity. Thank you, Lord, for Bezalel and Oholiab and the others that were gifted to do the work that you called them to do. Lord, I thank you for branches. Thank you for this place, and I thank you for its people. Thank you, Lord, that this place, I just have such confidence in my heart when I'm saying these things, Lord, that I am just saying what you have already said and what these people already know in their heart, that you, Lord, have been coordinating this time this morning of your Holy Spirit to, to, to call in those that are on the outside and say, offer up your gifts and skills and abilities and resources. And those that are on the inside to say, how can I help? What, what is, what's going on this summer that I could help with? Thank you for the leaders that are here, Lord. And we do pray for Boog this morning. For those of you that uh, have been praying for Boog, he was hospitalized and, and um, the doctors are testing him with pneumonia-like symptoms. So let's just pray for him. So Lord, we lift Boog and Steph to you and ask that you would comfort, heal, and help that this body would rally around them, Lord, and love them well and build them up in their time of need. That, Lord, by your grace and mercy and power and spirit, Lord, in them, that you would bring him to complete health, to healing, and to the strength that he needs, Lord, to give leadership here as you've called him to do. Lord, may he uh, come back strong and be able to give the leadership with the gifts, skills, and abilities that you've given him uh, to do here at Branches. And so, Lord, thank you for each one who's here. I pray that you would move hearts and minds. Lord, we recognize this morning that the people were eager to do the work. They were excited to do the work. They believed that this is how God was going to meet with his people. And we believe, Lord, that Branches is a place that can be friends and family, a place of acceptance and warmth for those that are broken, those that might feel rejected, those that are somehow wandering on the outside, that, Lord, you would help us to bring them in and to love them, to build them up in love, until we all come to the unity of faith in the maturity of Jesus Christ. So thank you, Lord, for this morning, for all that you're doing here. In Jesus' name, amen.